millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of that galaxy and direct from our galaxy, this is Force Center presents Other Center. I'm Ken Namsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. 
And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here to have a deep discussion that might go to, well, the the other center places it's been going lately. (laughs) We're going to talk about the art of taking risks, what that means, uh, what we've learned, what we maybe want to do or don't want to do. All those things coming your way here. Before we get to that, we do want to remind you, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have a spooky season audible recommendation we think you should uh, maybe consider trying out on us. Also, we want to continue with our Ask segment, which uh, has been, uh, I think, effective. And it, it's it's a risk. <laughs> Speaking of risks, this was a risk when months ago we, we decided to maybe we just ask for some of the help we need. Joseph, how's that going and what's our ask? Yeah, we are back to asking about a Patreon. Uh, people have been very generous. So I'll be honest, it, we're moving a little slow on this goal. And it is possible that uh, that we've we've reached a little Patreon plateau. But let's find out <laughs> by asking. Um, we, we're having an other center specific goal that we want to reach a little while back. Um, we uh, When we started Other Center, uh, people did uh, drop a lot from Patreon, which is totally understandable because they were supporting a Star Wars podcast. And for the time being, during the strikes, we are not a Star Wars uh, podcast. Uh, and then people came uh, flooding back in and helped us a ton. We got to this goal where we did a live uh, Q&A about our favorite desserts. And then we discovered that we could go to one physical location in the actual real world and the three of us could all sample one another's favorite desserts. Uh, so what we want to do is reach this next goal and at three, uh, $2,300 a month, not twee, I don't know what twee dollars is, but uh, the Wes Anderson bills <laughs> at uh, $2,300 a month, the three of us will take a field trip to the Grove in Los Angeles where we can sample cheesecake, donuts, and pie all at once. We're going to do some fun videos, and we'll do a special podcast episode about it. So if that sounds like fun, if you want to support us financially and force us to eat pie, this is your opportunity. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Forest Center. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. It's uh, it's uh, important for us as a podcast, of course, but also important for our uh, stomachs and our desires for dessert. So <laughs> it's all there in one thing. Uh, before we get into uh, the main topic proper, we always like to catch up with life adventures. We'll just start generally saying we understand we're recording this at a time where uh, there's something pretty horrific, challenging um, and uh, troubling going on in the world with uh, the situation in, in Israel and Gaza. We uh, acknowledge it. We are, uh, we understand uh, uh, all angles of this and uh, we're horrified along with the rest of the world in many different directions. We just want to swing through it, acknowledge it, uh, and um, try to uh, talk about our own lives. And as, as tried as that may seem at sometimes, but it's important uh, to uh, focus on the little joys that we all have. So unless anyone else has any big, big sweeping statement there, <laughs> unless I miss something. Um, no, well said, well said. Yes. This is a listen first topic for me. Um, yeah. So I think you said it very well, Ken. Yeah. I, I always say that there's the balance of this, the sin of silence versus silently learning. And, and it's sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a razor's edge uh, to, to walk, but uh, we, we send our love out to all people hurting and suffering in the world. Uh, talking about life adventures, I'll swing in here with, with me. It's been a, a, a busy productive week inside my house and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm blessed to, to currently, uh, you know, be able to, to survive as, as, as best I can, uh, as someone who often doesn't have to put on pants to work, just sweatpants. And I, and, 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 uh, I, I was witness, I was with a friend going for a hike. So I did have work, workout pants on and I witnessed a, a um, 
a business. He had to take a call from work while we're hiking. He's like, sorry, I got to take this. I got to take this. And, you know, um, I, you, you ever you like, complain about your own life situation and then you kind of see what someone else is going through and you're like, <laughs> you know what? I, I might be struggling. I, I don't know where my bills are going to get paid next month, but I don't have to take that call. Walking around and I was just like, you know, I'm out here. This wasn't my life six years ago. And, and uh, some people like that. He, he, he did not. He was a little grumpy on this call. So anyways. That was my lesson for this week, uh, especially in, in light of uh, always more serious things going on in the world of like, hey, uh, focus on what you got and, and what you don't have. And that might factor in today's episode, too, as well, about taking risks. But it was a small lesson as I was I've been working hard all week on a lot of things. My, my comedy album's out there. I, I finished uh, another song with my, my songwriting team and I'm just working really hard to try to do all these things. But, you know, you sometimes feel like, is it what's the point? Maybe I should go back and get a job. And then uh, my friend says. I got to take this call and it all feels right. So that was my lesson. <laughs> uh, Ken, uh, uh, I am asking for myself as, mm-hmm. as your friend, yeah. but also uh, to set you up to promote. Uh, when What day is your album coming out? It's this week, right? It's actually today. Today, th- this recording ah. and the episode out later today. Yeah, it was uh, midnight last night and... Uh, uh, yeah, in my day, live for the Harrison Pub in London, which uh, was uh, essentially a Four Center show. We had a lot of fun. You hear the laughter of Four Center friends in the audience, uh, and it was uh, uh, something all kind of unplanned. When Joseph and I got there, we realized they had some really uh, pretty good recording gear. And shout out to our listener and friend Matty Gunner to help me kind of smooth it all out with his buddy Matt Hart. Um, so it's out there, and and I want to I'll, I'll plug more at the end of the show. But there's a special edition includes a uh, bonus interview that I did, Ken Napsok on Ken Napsok, which is the character I play versus my real person self, uh, and uh, and uh, some bonus uh, content from a, a comedy show in San Diego. That's on Bandcamp at kennapsock.bandcamp.com. So thanks for letting me uh, promote that. So th- this is part of the risk conversation today. <laughs> yes, yes, we will, uh, we will uh, do a second round of plugging at the yeah. end. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's out there. It's out there. So that's been, uh, you know, my life amongst all the stuff going on. Jen, you? I spent the weekend realizing that I am not a Project Runway contestant. And yet every Halloween, I think I am. <laughs> and I decide to make all sorts of stuff. Like, why? Why do I Why do I take this on? I, I went to Joanne. That was my problem. I went to Joanne's Fabrics. Ooh, and wow. I just got overwhelmed and I ended up buying some fabric because I want to make a Furby costume for myself. Sure. Um, why? I don't know. No. So, no. <laughs> so I'm there looking at my reference pictures of different Furbies, matching it with fake fur that I'm finding at the fabric store. That's a lot of Fs. Um, mm. But I found some good stuff. My daughter wants to be a cat, so I'm making her a tail. Uh, and then I was like, you know, on top of it all, I'm going to make a wreath. Because we need uh, to do something fun for our our home. Yeah. So I ended up getting some black pom-pom balls. And I've talked about this before. I finally did it. Black yeah. pom-poms, googly eyes, pipe cleaners. And I made little suit sprites. I'm staring at them right now. And I happen to have <laughs> some little colorful stars that are I shape their hands. And it's amazing how just with these items, they can... They look like they're real. Like they look like they have come to life. Um, I've been giving them voices and not just for myself, for my daughters to entertain them. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. So I made a little wreath with all of them and I'm hoping to post that tutorial. But, you know, it's complicated with the strikes and stuff. So I don't I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, you got skills. You got skills. Well, 
Nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Crafting with kids is really hard. I, I enlisted my eight-year-old and she was so proud of herself using the glue gun. It's a low heat. And then she burned herself. Bang. Oh, no. oh, it was so bad. So then fortunately we were able to turn it around. And I, I, you know, was like, you brought me to life, like the little suit sprite. And that made her happy. And so <laughs> she has her ba- her first crafting battle scar. Yeah. yeah i felt terrible don't let your kids use glue guns I, she was doing great and then the little one got her distracted and ow so yeah yeah okay that's dangerous yeah i think i would hurt uh, yeah joanne fabrics is a, is a a place of wonder and fantasy i think i enjoy <sighs> going there it's awesome and I, I i always think i'm a better seamstress than i am but i i just they have so much great fabric but then i have like a bin full of fabric that I have not used. So <laughs> got to take a sewing class again. Uh, is it, is, is those craft stores like a world of possibility to, to you both? I love that. I oh, like yeah. you walk in and it's all there in front of you. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think uh, I've always enjoyed wandering through it. Uh, like when times where Sarah needed something um, or, or to just kind of see uh, uh, creativity through somebody else's eyes since I am uh, not a, a seamster <laughs> in mm-hmm. any way, shape or form, but I've been going there because I need fabric for short films. So it's been like this mm. very fun thing of like in the, I was really proud of myself because the first time I went there, I, I picked out what I wanted, but then I had to have uh, Sarah talk me through like, how do you buy fabric <laughs> how do measurements work and where right. and in the then the next time i did it like six months later it's like i know how to do this this is a new skill i've learned buying fabric uh, that's, that's uh i had to buy some carpet for an office project a couple years ago and like we walked into lowe's and went to the carpet it's just like that how do i get that like what do you do <laughs> tell me someone tell me that's awesome. It's always inspiring when I go downtown to the garment district and I see like actual FITM uh, people going, you know, FITM students mm-hmm. and real designers who know how to make clothes and they're coming out with their bolts of fabric. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, <laughs> what are they going to make with it? You know, yeah. I grab some patches. Well, uh, that's, uh, what are we going to do with it? That's a question an artist asks at the beginning of your project. And Joseph, you're you're in the middle of the, I won't, I won't say the end of a project, but you are, uh, uh, have a project out there and you're, you're, you're traveling the land to, uh, to <laughs> go and celebrate this. And uh, you just came back from Portland, right? Yes. Uh, I, the, I love that you're making me sound like, like a wandering salesman. <laughs> like, uh, I'm selling uh, pretzels and tinctures, uh, you know, random fluids. That'll make you feel better. Um, that sounds like fun. Uh, no, I think uh, yeah, I'm I'm in the uh, the uh, the long process of sharing and attempted sharing of the short film I worked on, Nightmare Adorable. Um, yeah, but so th- this weekend was really good. We'll talk a lot about the the risks. That was one of the biggest risks I've taken. There's been some mm-hmm. uh, really uh, up and downs with it. There's been some really scary stuff. But this weekend was uh, one of the the great rewards of doing it. Um, I I came up with the idea for the film at that exact festival one year ago. And it was, I was like, Oh, this, this film idea would be really great here at the HP Lovecraft film festival in Portland, Oregon. Uh, But I think I could construct it where it would apply really well to this specific festival, but would still play at lots of other horror festivals and maybe uh, kind of wider range topic uh, festivals. Mm -hmm. And it was when I thought of it, it was like, maybe I could get that done for the next year, but it's pretty fast turnaround time. And, 
so this was my my reward of getting it finished. Uh, th- this film festival was what caused uh, the turnaround time of the film to be incredibly uh, short to hit their submission deadline. Uh, so this was a weekend that I got to sit in the same theater where I came up with the idea and mm. watch it play out on yeah. the big screen. Um, and it, it was, it, there was definitely like, you know, uh, sort of on pins and needles watching people react to it and worrying about, you know, Ooh, Ooh, I did, I mix that sound cue too low, <laughs> you know, that kind of mm-hmm. like in your head stuff. I will totally admit to some of that. Uh, but I really did my best to just sit back and enjoy. And it was really great. If, uh, uh, some four center, uh, listeners, uh, came out to both the screenings, but if nobody's ever, uh, ben, it's the Hollywood Theater in Portland, Oregon. And if you want to just see a cool theater, Google it. It's a weird, old, beautiful theater. Mm. A great place for for uh, spooky stories. Um, and uh, the, the main theater's got a really nice, really big screen. Uh, so it was just so delightful to see it up there on that big screen. And uh, for the first screening in particular, uh, there's like, one there's like the first joke in in that's kind of a barometer of like are people going to go along with this yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it, the first joke got a good laugh and then the rest of the film it was really really fun uh to see like which things hit um and because it's a a horror festival um i was talking about it people this weekend of like sometimes people talk back to a horror movie in a way that isn't disruptive because it's so mm-hmm. engaged with the story mm-hmm. you know it's not somebody taking a phone call it's somebody being like oh no or what it's are you way. doing mm-hmm. or uh there's a moment in in the film where somebody shouted out well that's what you get <laughs> <laughs> that's good and it was uh it was uh so great um and uh i meant to tell you this off air first ken but no. um one of your lines, both screens, uh, was one of the biggest laughs. <laughs> really, really great. Really gratifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All executed uh, uh, very well, the delivery and the uh, and the reaction from the audience. Perfect. So, yeah, that, that was my big adventure. Uh, I love Portland. I've been there a lot. It's a, a fun, weird, unique uh, city. Um, and the uh, final, final thing I'll say is... Uh, a, a bunch of uh, friends came, uh, old friends from Minneapolis who I've known for like 25 years, the the person who got me into Cosmocore at all, uh, mm-hmm. like 25 years ago, uh, a comedy partner that I've done things with for 25 years and got to, you know, meet some new friends that I've only known for a year and some brand new friends. So it was a really great mixing of worlds and a little bit of a this is your life, past, present and future. Oh, mm. wonderful. That's great. Absolutely wonderful. No, uh, pictures look great. That T-shirt looks great. The Nightmare <laughs> T-shirt. Um, all those things out there. Uh, no, wonderful. I, yeah, I had a chance to to watch that uh, film here at home and uh, relive some of the the horse of, of uh, the final shooting. Um, people see that for themselves. Great news and. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of some, some four center uh, listeners and friends. I think Sean Room, uh, who mm-hmm. hung out with London, right? Yeah, he was there. So, yeah, had a nice talk with Sean. It was great. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, that was a big risk. And that's uh, part of the, uh, the journey you're on with that. Uh, continued risks, maybe. That's mm-hmm. uh, good. But uh, let's get into this main topic here today. Uh, because Joseph was traveling, uh, I'm stepping into the uh, pilot seat of this topic and I'm excited to do so. Uh, and uh, let's get into it. Risks. We all take chances in our lives and often with every decision, I think uh, a risk or a bit of a chance can uh, be present there. But beyond putting artichoke hearts on pizza, which maybe Jen will answer for, uh, <laughs> some of the choices have a level of risk that challenges everything about us and comes with, with high stakes. 
Uh, and I want to just kind of take a look at some of those big moments in our lives and our careers and, and what that word means to all of us anyways is where I want to start. So, uh, Joseph, Jennifer, let's dive in. When was the first time in your life that you became aware of the concept of taking risks? Uh, is it something about, did it put you in physical peril? Uh, was it was it a dare from a friend at school? And what drove <laughs> you to do it? Did it did it pay off at all? Jen, where did where did the word risk first appear in your life? My mother, who did not want me to take risks mm. ever. <laughs> so it was, don't do that. You could fall. Don't do that. You could, you know, whatever. It was always don't do, don't do. Mm. So one of the biggest risks I used to take as a kid was climbing trees. I loved climbing trees. And it was always, how high can I get without potentially falling? Thank goodness I never fell. Mm. Uh, but it, we used to have a really big tree in our backyard and I was so proud when I got to the top of it. Um, and then it became that climbing wasn't enough. And for whatever reason, I think it was like eight or nine, 10, I can't remember. And I think I've shared this before. I used to spy on our neighbors because I was <laughs> suspicious of them. <laughs> and I would go up to climb up the tree and I would take my little notebook and binoculars and I would <laughs> And take notes about what they were up to. And that was like really risky because I knew that I could get caught, obviously. <laughs> and I mean, I have to wonder if they saw me, this kid sitting in the tree with her notebook and binoculars, writing things down. <laughs> This is that just like a, we we need a whole Nancy Drew series no, of uh, like little little Jennifer Landa investigative reporter in the tree. Yeah, I think that's probably where I was where I was inspired by those <laughs> books and stuff. So yeah, but that was a very exciting risk as a kid, right? It was, it, that was actually a little yeah. dangerous, and I won't share any more about that because it did go into potentially a bad territory. Uh-huh. Well, nope, uh, well, we'll stop at the little <laughs> Jenny Landa Young Investigator series of stories. That <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, it, yeah. The, the physical par- uh, fer- peril, uh, tree climbing, parents maybe trying to mitigate risks. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. something I can relate to. With Joseph, uh, uh, you know, you might have a different risk. Just stepping out in a snowstorm as a kid might have been a risk. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to guess that the subtitle of this episode could be uh, "Risks." Our moms didn't want us. To take that. <laughs> That's right. I think we are all learning. I'm not speaking to universal mother. I mean, specifically, the three of us uh, seem to have all had a little bit of that experience with uh, don't, don't, don't. Um, the uh, the first risk I remember taking was entirely a uh, peer pressure dare from neighbor kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I think it was about five. It was a brief window of time that I, that I lived in Portland, Oregon. Um, and one of the, th- this is the, the only time in my life that I had like, oh, it's, it's, you know, 10 a.m. on, on a, you know, a summer day and everybody goes outside and the neighbor kids all play, you know, mm-hmm. um, I never had that kind of neighborhood community again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in looking back, it always feels like a sitcom, but there was, uh, I think it was a kid named Sean, <laughs> uh, who's kind of abrasive is the same one who tried to talk me into a bad action figure trade that I resisted. Uh, but he, he dared me to eat a worm. Um, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, but Portland, a very damp place. <laughs> a lot of worms oh crawling God. around. A lot of worms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. I can't remember if my, my older brother, uh, three years older than me, if he was there too, if he was also a part of the bet, 
but I did it um, mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be, you know, the kid who wouldn't eat a worm. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I was, uh, two year, did it pay off? That was a, this is like a, a story that I've thought of every once in a while. My brother must have told my nephew because when my nephew was about five, he was like, is this true? Did you eat a worm? <laughs> I never oh thought of it. Gosh. I hadn't thought of it in like years. And I was like, uh, why are you asking me this out of the blue? Do I eat worm? Like, oh yeah, no, I did. I did. Your dad must have uh, told you that. Did he come into like a uh, like a school newspaper pointing at it? Is this true? Is this true? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was reading the internet and you ate a worm. Like, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the did it pay off? Uh, not in the reaction that I wanted because it wasn't mm-hmm. like the. And now we all consider you a big kid and, you know, a risk taker and like the whole kind of garbage peer pressure thing. Mm-hmm. I got nothing from. Mm-hmm. But when I think back on it and when my when my nephew was young and asked me about it, he, you know, he was kind of uh, impressed in a weird like gross, but awesome. Um, and then I think about it. And it's like, well, you know, I think it paid off in that. I had a new experience. I know what a worm tastes like. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> And I didn't die. Uh, but I think when I think back on it, that sort of like, obviously, you know, I don't think kids should should be like, hey, try, you know, juggling razors or whatever. You know, like they shouldn't do yeah. things that are truly obviously there's, you know, incredibly dangerous. Um, but just those weird sort of take a risk, explore life, try new things. Like, mm-hmm. I think I got something. I think it paid off in that mm-hmm. way because I, you know. Now that I have, uh, uh, now that I'm older and I'm and wrestling with stagnation, it helps to remember wh- where's the kid who ate a worm? Does he still live inside you? You know, hmm. <laughs> that's just wonderful. Where's the worm eater? Where is? Oh my gosh! Uh, no, this is fascinating. Yeah, I think it definitely for the three of us. Yeah, we've learned a lot in the other center days of some of our similar challenges in our uh, relatively good upbringings, of course. Uh, yeah, so a lot of it is is my mother, you know, uh, clamping down, which I get. But yeah, I, I do think risk uh, sets in early as being you know, physical peril comes into it because one of the early ones I remember. And it's funny because if you look back, I can look back at my life now and even in this conversation, pull out things that were actual like risks or things that I maybe I didn't take uh, a step on. And maybe even at eight, I should have done this. And but the one I remember is like in the back of, of my uh, church, there was like a little playground. This is what I had moved up uh, north here. Uh, so it wasn't the same church, Jen, that you and I went to apparently growing up. Uh, and I got high on this uh, like contraption and was going to do a jump. And and I remember kids at the bottom yelling like, do it, do it. <laughs> and I do remember having a moment. And, I, and, and there's an older, uh, uh, it's a reference to an older wrestler, Jimmy Superfly Snooker was big at the time. And he'd get up on the top rope or, and do a big splash. And I just was like, I'm going to do it like Jimmy Snooker. And, and just kids telling me to do it. And me in my head having this like, this could go wrong, but I'm going to do it. And I did it. And, and, and I, you know, it was a probably a five foot jump, but it, as a kid, it, felt 50 and uh that's one of that's why an early moment of there's there's column a and column b and road a and road b which one are you going to take and it was one of early memories of this could go bad but i'm gonna do Mm. it and then it grows from there and and how did it feel did you did you treasure that feeling of taking the risk uh i would do that yes i must have you know why i must have i don't remember i don't remember getting up going yay but i would do that then that jump which, by the way, you know, I jumped and probably landed on my shins and knees every time and did a roll, right? But <laughs> it, it felt like I was just a stunt man extraordinaire. But that that, <laughs> that became part of my um, 
my repertoire on the playground. Like I can do the jump. Like I got the jump. I can do it. And so, I, yeah, I felt, uh, I, I, you know what? And maybe you're right. Maybe Joseph, I should be asking myself more. Where's the kid who jumped? <laughs> where's the, the, kid who off the <laughs> playground in, in, in the church? Uh, and it, and it kind of starts, uh, with, with there, uh, and, and it goes from there. And, and the follow-up question, and we already maybe kind of touched on it, is were any of us risk takers as kids? Cause outside of that, I was absolutely not a risk taker, uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and tried to follow every rule and try to sit in class silently. And none of those things I think are wrong, but, but, uh, absolutely where I knew some of the other kids around me were the risk takers, were the wild ones. And Jen, mm-hmm. I, other than climbing in trees and apparently spying on the neighborhood and taking notes, it doesn't seem like you were a risk taker, right? No, exactly. I was not. I was just like you, wanting to be, you know, be the good kid in class, listen, show the teacher I'm listening. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was in high school that I was like, I don't want to be a risk taker. But then I was thinking about it and I realized that I used to do piano competitions often as a kid. That was kind of a risk. Granted, mm-hmm. it wasn't my choice. But like every time you go and perform, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to mess up. You don't know if you're going to win first place. And so I kind of got used to taking risks. Mm. Maybe that's why I didn't like that type of risk because it was like, <gasps> what if what if all my hard work and I and I make a big mistake and everyone hears it? That was kind of a scary risk, I mm. think. Mm-hmm. So I got mi- I got mixed messages. Take a risk, but don't climb trees. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It, 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 again, maybe it all comes down to emergency room visits. And right. Them. Uh, Joseph, I, I imagine you like us, not much maybe a risk takers kid, but, but were you, did you push kids to any risks? I don't think Jen and I did, but I, I can't imagine you were like, Hey, I had a, I ate a worm once. Maybe you all should consider that. No, I can't. No, I don't think I did any of trying mm-hmm. to convince other kids to do mm-hmm. weird things. Um, yeah, this was really interesting to, to to think through and put a label on it as yes or no. I was a risk taker mm. as a kid because I, I think I had you know um, as we've talked about the uh, a mother who became increasingly more worried uh, mm. about everything in life. Mm. But I also had you know my my brother who it was wonderful in some ways to have a brother three years older than you um, because we were old enough um, we were close enough to be to be close and to to share many things. But also he, he was really like, ah, this, uh, this baby knows nothing. I will have mm-hmm. to tell him everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and there were parts of that were absolutely wonderful. I have beautiful memories of him and teaching me to read. Um, cause he was mm-hmm. tired of me not being able to read the comic books with him, uh, teaching me to read the, the bad puns that Mr. Fantastic was making on the back of an electric company magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think as I got, uh, old enough even i'm talking like seven eight uh he took risks and then he found out the hard way and then he told me not to do it Hmm. and as i got older i realized i gotta i i I don't like not already knowing that it's not going to work out because then i don't take any Hmm. of the risks myself right so i think Hmm. there were times where i really wanted to take risks because i i just needed to find out for myself um so there were things that I did. Like I remember in fourth grade, um, uh, many kids were trying to learn to break dance and there was some fear that I would hurt myself if I tried to learn to break dance. Yeah. And the, the only thing I really learned to do and learned is I just did it is uh, doing a, a flip where basically, you know, you throw mm-hmm. yourself 
forward with enough momentum so you land flat on your back. Um, mm. And one kid was doing it, and he's like, I bet you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, I can. And I did. And then I showed my brother, and he was like, if you land wrong, you're going to break your neck. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And like, oh, yeah, I could die. <laughs> oh. uh, so I, I, I kept doing it, but it wasn't as fun after. You know, once mm-hmm. the reality was in there a little bit. So I, there were definitely some risk-taking moments. And there's some things that scared me. That I remember um, the, uh, 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 this was like second grade. There were uh, some monkey bars that people sort of crossed in a dangerous way that was like a leap. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I didn't want to do it. And mm-hmm. I can't believe this this wasn't scripted. This makes me feel like the, <laughs> the universe is being written. The girl I liked uh, uh, crawled out to the place that I was afraid to go and said, you should jump over here. And it's like, I can't, I'm scared. And then another kid did and crawled over there and, and she looked at me and then kissed the other kid, like a little, <gasps> you know, two year old peck on the lips, but it really oh was like, gosh. uh, <laughs> scaredy cats don't get love. That one I think, uh, has stuck with me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's oh, this is, I need an animated, uh, other set of uh, children's show, like just our lives. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, quick follow up, follow up to this one too, uh, especially for Jen. Um, and Joseph too, of course, obviously. But like, was were there little moments in your youth um, that that you did take some risk, and then it didn't only not pay off, but like you got in trouble for it, and you kind of told yourself, "See, that's why, that's why I have my feet planted firmly on the ground." In a lot of ways, like for me, the it came a little bit later, actually, in seventh grade, so I was a little bit older. I was the good kid up 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 until even now. I try to be the good kid, but my my friends and I did not get on the after school bus. Uh, as we would always do, we had drama practice. You'd have to take the late bus home. We decided to walk down into Pismo Beach and then we're going to walk home. And um, we gave up and I had a, we'd use a payphone and we had to call um, one of our moms. And I just remembered that was a risk. I, I broke the written, unwritten agreement with my mother of getting home safe. And mm. I was in so much trouble. And I was like, I remember like, here I am 12. I took this risk to be a rebel and walk home. Uh, or walk down the hill, miss the bus, and I that that set me back for years. <laughs> Just set me back. I don't know, Jed. Did, were you, when you were up in that tree taking notes, did you feel this isn't going to pay off, or, or did you feel blowback? No, well, I have a bad one. I got a tattoo when I was fifteen. That was a really dumb risk, uh, and it was. It, I wouldn't say it was totally impulsive, but I was like, "Yes, I'm doing this. I'm taking this risk. I don't care what happens." And my mother would later discover it. Uh, I was basically disowned for, <laughs> for a couple months. No, but uh, it was pretty bad. And and I had to end up getting it removed because it was a terrible tattoo. Because what person is going to tattoo? This is an actual tattoo artist. What person is going to tattoo a 15-year-old, right? Mm. So, uh, yeah, I had to then uh, get it lasered off. Oh, uh, man. And then I went and like a dummy, I got another tattoo <laughs> that I still can't, I can't get rid of. In fact, the laser lady was like, I'm so sorry, it's purple and the lasers don't really attack the purple pigment. Mm. So I have this barbaloo bear from the Lorax <laughs> on my ankle that looks like a big old bruise. And it's, that was a dumbest risk I could have ever taken. But there, but I mean, this sounds like a connected narrative that you were made to get rid of one and you went out and got another one. Sounds a, a, a little like you, you were trying to reassert yourself. 
No, no, I uh, actually did not. Did, my mom didn't discover it until uh, both. Uh, I had both of them. Oh, okay. she didn't know about the second one. She only knew about the first one on my back, and that was one. <laughs> and uh, that was actually the least. Uh, I don't want to say offensive, but just yeah, it was like a fairy. It was black and gray. It, it was actually not that bad. Right. The one on my ankle is it's a barbaloot bear throwing a truffle of fruit. Like if you've read the Lorax, like, but that's what happens when you're 16 getting a yeah. tattoo. That's yeah. what happens. Don't take that risk. 16 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> and now you just tell your kids, Oh, it's a bruise. I hit my ankle. Exactly. <laughs> yes. it's a really distinctive shape. <laughs> it won't clear up shape all these years. Fuzzy bear. <laughs> uh, fascinating tales from your youth. And as I was putting this together, you know, I wanted to go where this all kind of starts, the risks and dares and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then it, I wanted to jump ahead and then jump in a big way and ask you, I'll start with you, Joseph, but how do you personally define like what makes something risky as to, as opposed to just a big decision? And, and, and maybe they're never separated. Maybe every decision does have some sort of risk and that's the, that's the game and that's the catch. Uh, I was trying to define this for myself, but where do you go? Yeah. I mean, I think any sort of big decision, any big life decision is, is a risk because mm -hmm. I, I think, I think to me, risk is being aware of both the positive uh, consequences and the negative consequences mm -hmm. of can I handle the risk of the negative consequences or can I handle, can I actually handle those negative consequences if the worst comes, comes true in order to get to the possible benefit mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to, to define both of those things. Um, yeah. I think for me, like what, what makes something risky uh, as opposed to, to just a, a, a big decision is, uh, is the, is being really, really aware of what the, the actual stakes mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and being able to actually um, tell yourself dig down honestly we were uh, um you were talking about the the times where the risks didn't pan out uh mm -hmm. and, and our, our mom's right kind of thing mm -hmm. and i remember this like hot flood of shame mm -hmm. that's like because your mom or your mm -hmm. what other other parent or a friend or society or whatever like you did a big leap, uh, you know, to Im impress the kids at school and your pants ripped and everybody points and laughs at you. Right. Yeah. And you feel this hot flood of shame mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the actual risk in the end isn't, isn't bad. Cause you, you know, maybe, maybe you got a bad nickname for a couple of years, <laughs> yeah. 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 but, it, but you grow up and it beces a funny story and something you made it through and all that. And I think so often when we're as adults, um, yeah, there's still like physical risks that we can take. But when we're talking about life decisions, which is what I feel your question is about, Ken, mm -hmm. a lot of it, I think, is we're not assessing bodily injury, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're assessing th the fear of loss, the fear of shame, the fear of reject rejection, because we're old enough to know what those things feel like. And, and that, that hot flood of shame is like this little monster that lives in your memory. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and I think that that to me is one of the big th important things is what are the actual real physical consequences? Is there actual bodily risk? Will I lose a lot of money? Will I lose an old way of life? Will I truly, truly lose something 
or is it that uh, hot flood of shame monster <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just lurking? Yep. No, that's wonderful. Uh, it, it touches on kind of where I was going in, in, in a beautiful way of, of uh, yes, I, I, I think to answer my own question, I think every decision has a little bit of risk. Of course, you got to weigh it. And, and sometimes there's the real, absolute, this could be a loss, this could be a gain. And then there's the ones that you're describing. The hot flood of shame could be the subtitle of this episode of, <laughs> of, of uh, is, is that the real risk? Is it just a risk imagined? You know, putting something out there, any piece of art into the world. Um that there's not necessarily a risk. I'm not going to, you know, I can only gain, I can't lose, but in my head it is the, well, people are going to hate me. Right. Mm. And, 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 and that's, that's, that's very real. And it's something we'll battle, but you know, versus I've lost my home, you know, <laughs> like, you know? right. Right. And so that's where I try to find the, the, the ground. And it's not always clear, Jen, right. It's, it's, it's uh, Joseph's hot flood of shame is, is a great way to look at. <laughs> that is a really, ah, oh, it's a really, really great point. You put it so well. I mean, and that's, that's the thing which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Like as you get older like when you're a kid i feel like it's you want to fit in so badly and like breaking your arm you're like yeah you know i'll bounce back (laughs) but being humiliated in front of your peers it it can like you can be literally you know like emotionally Mm -hmm. scarred for that for Mm -hmm. years and carry it with you through adulthood Mm -hmm. and so that is where it's almost like like can be paralyzing. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to take that risk because I don't want to be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to see that I'm weird or that I'm different. And I feel like that, that was why as a kid, I was not only did I not want to break my arm, but I also wanted so desperately to fit in. Mm. Like I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be seen that I wasn't different. And then I got to a point where I was like, (laughs) <laughs> F it. I am a weirdo. I am different. <laughs> I can't hide this anymore. And then I went to like the other extreme, which is, you know, what we've talked about mm. in, other, <laughs> in other, other center episodes where I was embracing mm. and now embracing my weirdness. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, ooh, that hot flood of shame. I can, I can literally, I can feel that right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is powerful. It is. It's, it's the emotional hot spits. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something that I, you know, I look at, people around me who are, I don't even say successful because that, that means money or this and that. And and that's might be part of it, but there's people who are doing, I look and go, I think they're doing well. I like what they're doing. Uh, And I just, I just see in them the ability to, to not worry uh, too much Mm -hmm. about what people think and, and and worrying about what people think of you is, is is an okay trait to me, you know, like having some self-awareness is is a different conversation, different trait, but you know what I mean? Just of like, all right, they're sitting down in front of a, a, the camera and they're putting themselves out there and they're, and, and they are comfortable in that. I see it night after night in, in stand up comedy shows or even comics that might not have the best sets or might even have the best material. Like they're just there, there there's a, a quiet confidence in, and and the word, Hey, what's the worst that can happen? I could die. And that's not, and it's not going to happen. And I just, I admire that where sometimes that uh, what we're all discussing here creeps up far too much in my in my life versus the, the actual risks versus the actual, like, all right, can I pay rent if this goes wrong? <laughs> can I- mm, right. Yeah. Financial risk is very real. Very. Um, yeah. Ken, Ken, I don't know if you answered your own question about, mm. do you think there's any difference between uh, a big decision and a risk? I I think uh, it's very subtle if it is. And, and, and that's what it was going for the angle of if, if, if there could be more imagined risks and, 
in some of the decisions. So if you remove that, then eh, maybe it's, it's not risky because it's just, you just have to m- make a choice and that choice will change things. And, and that could be the risk versus, um, you know, will this hurt me? Will this set me back? Will this, those kind of things, or, or you said something earlier in the show about, will this change my life? And meaning I have to leave a comfort zone or a comfort area or friends or something and change something about it. Um, so it's a, it's a fine line. I just think maybe for me personally, there's sometimes where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should do that. And I hem and haw and I wait and I wait and I wait. And the only thing I'm really measuring is people might not like me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Right. That's real. That's a real fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the risk. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm making it up. Yeah. Right. I was talking to some friends uh, this weekend about the uh, popularity of multiverse stories. Mm-hmm. And I think because they're, they're pop, there's multiple books that have popped up and, mm-hmm. you know, multiple, you know, sliding doors kinds of movies. And I think part of that is a function of the, the, the superhero genre has made everybody, you know, your grandma now knows what a multiverse is and can describe it to you. So it's yeah. no longer, uh, you know, a scary, weird concept that executives are going to say no to. But I think, Part of the reason that it, it's a compelling narrative is that I think uh, I have this theory that social media has exposed us to all the life paths we could have taken. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, mm-hmm. for example, choosing to or not to have kids uh, if you're on a specific career path, but you're following your friends who who are doing the thing that you decided not to do. Mm-hmm. It's so in your face always that I think that uh, that big decisions and even little decisions, uh, I think we can feel haunted by, I'm losing something I don't even know. I'm losing the imagination of what if I became a software engineer instead of an airline pilot, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's just like all of these, we're so aware of all these branches of what we could be that, that are at every decision. And, and we're watching imagine things die and having anxiety about them because yeah. we don't have time to do everything we want to do. That's right. It's a wonderful point of just, it's all out there. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And you can get down on yourself when, when maybe like, I, 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 I you know, always, I was in and out of pro wrestling for years and there was a thought of like, I, I was pretty good at a certain, certain aspects of it. Um, the talk and the stories and managing that kind of thing. And what if, what if I applied myself? What if I took that risk? And I didn't. Right. And then I saw some friends who did, who, who, who hit the top of the, of uh, uh, the popper most and, and worked for WWE and stuff like that. And I, and, at the end of the day, that was absolutely not for me. So I, but I, I lose that when I see some of the tweets, mm-hmm. you know, I just, your immediate reaction is, Oh, I, I, I didn't take that risk. I don't, I don't even know if that's what I wanted to do. It probably isn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, and it just becomes harder and you get more down on yourself sometimes Maybe you don't need to. And, and, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And somewhere I, there's a pro wrestler can in some reality going, I wish I had a podcast and a comedy <laughs> album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, big stuff here as we, we get into it and, and from our relatively safe childhoods to uh, where we are now and lives and careers and uh, moving cross country, uh, moving. I mean, just what you did alone, Joseph, of having a pretty solid uh, set uh, 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 to put your feet on a f- solid foundation in, in Minnesota, Minneapolis, and then going, all right, LA's up. I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen, kids, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's huge, but also career yeah. stuff and tattoos apparently. And, and some of the stuff uh, even I've done and, and moving to, you know, the brave choice to move two hours down a freeway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do we approach 
something risky. That is, that's, that's actually risky. How do you approach taking that risk? How do you push past any doubts to take it, Jen? And, or maybe other times where you fail to do that. I think the, the thing that I've learned and the people that I admire are people that really are themselves and own their choices. There is nothing more enjoyable than to be around somebody who's comfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. And they can be, you know, weird, eccentric, or not weird. And if they are who they are, and they're okay with it, then it's, it's nice to be around them, like, or you can at least have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I always felt like it was risky to be your true self, to show who you are, to really share what you're thinking, your ideas and opinions. It's one of the things I felt like I was taking a big risk becoming a a part of this podcast because I was like, then people are going to know my opinions and I want to be, you know, neutral. And what if they don't like my opinions? And obviously I've worked through that. Um, So, (laughs) but partially because I've, especially at my age, I'm just like, you know what? Who the F cares? This Mm. is it. That, that there's no there's no more i'm halfway through potentially uh so or or not right and so we just have to embrace embrace the risks and life is much more thrilling if you are who you are and if you try things that you want to try so that's that's what i try and remind myself and jen i should let you know i, I did a poll in discord and i got the results here uh they like your opinions Turns out oh. like, <laughs> Thank you're, you're you. Straight up. Uh, no, well said on, on, on it. And um, I, I think it's a case by case basis. I think it's, I think eras of my life, there's been a little bit more effort. Ah, let's do it. And then there's been, now nah, I think I'll sit in this job for 17 years. Uh, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll get into some of the things that maybe uh, that we didn't do that we're glad we didn't do. There's that side of it as well. Uh, Joseph, uh, I, I'm not, uh, asking you to go specifically at any point in your life. Uh, uh, but I am fascinated about people who make those big moves, those literal moves. And you and I even talked about that thing on Knapsack Files in 2015. Because mm-hmm. I think that's those are the big parts of life. But how do you approach risks overall? Yeah, I, I think that um, for me, there, I have taken big risks like moving to Los Angeles. And, and it was that was the right decision because I was aware that I um, – but, well, I, I absolutely love Minneapolis and all the creative things I was doing. And I, I deeply miss my friends and the creative partners that I had there. And and, and I, I lost a lot by moving mm-hmm. to Los Angeles because I don't get to spend as many time, as much time with those people. And I, I, there is a part of me that would be happy doing a theater with the same 10 to 15 people for the rest of my life. And I would feel kind of maybe creatively fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big push to move was I had always wanted to, uh, to, tried to get to a place where I could share my work with more people. And, mm. um, and it, it was, it was just at that point where I could feel, uh, the stagnation part of it, um, enough that it propelled the movement. Um, mm. and I think the, and then over the years here in, in LA, as things have worked out and some things have worked out and some things haven't. And, um, I have had a lot of anxiety about, bad anxiety about choices because I am feeling that like if I turn, I've literally had it this bad of I walk out of my apartment. If I walk around the block to the grocery store uh, to the right, does that mean I won't bump into somebody walking left? That is that one happenstance encounter that would change my life. Mm. Mm. So I, I have felt like, 
oh man, I, I, anyway, uh, mm-hmm. everybody knows that kind of anxiety and, uh, and I had some, you know, bad peaks of it. So I've really been working, uh, to move past that in the last like uh, year and a half in particular to be like, to really try to understand why, what is that, you know, uh, choice anxiety and how can I get that out of my life? Cause it's not fun mm-hmm. and it's not productive. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. So I've been in terms of your question, Ken, about how to how to approach taking a risk. It's the well, is it is it uh, literally physical? <laughs> is this a dumb thing to do? <laughs> right, right, right. Am I going to break something? Is it uh, financial? Is it a risk to a relationship? You know, mm-hmm. uh, all those things. And if it's stripped away and like the primary risk is that emotional they might laugh at me, hot flood of shame. Uh, it might not work out and I will have to reckon with having failed at a thing I want to succeed at. I'll have to reckon with that. If the risk is just emotional, I've just really been trying to say, just take it then. Uh, because mm-hmm. an emotional risk is a risk, but you, you, there's no way to to do things and push yourself past it. So mm-hmm. I think the fear of the fear is often worse than the actual thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, I've, I've had a million conversations with a million people over the years about the, the terror of the blank page and the, what if I can't write? What if people laugh at me? What if I don't get it done? What if it doesn't get it published? And like how much fear is holding so many people back from uh, mm-hmm. being creative? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think about that a lot. Final thing is I've just been walking more, uh, like literally for my mm-hmm. exercise, just walking. And I even sometimes have some anxiety about that. of like, I have a tiny bladder. What if I end up somewhere (laughs) where there's, there's no bathroom or like, you know, what if I get lost? You know, what if, what if, what if, what if, you know, uh, I shouldn't be taking this much time and man, it's been great to just bleep and walk. It just makes you feel more free, more confident. And I think that's, that's the big thing to push yourself past uh, is um, not taking risks is stagnation. In anything you can do to make yourself enjoy the forward movement and feel the reward of the forward movement. Mm -hmm. I think physically and emotionally, the more you keep in motion, the less you stagnate and the easier risks become because you're used to moving forward. This is uh, this is great stuff. Uh, No, I absolutely love it. And 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 just even going, I was going to some follow ups were like some of the actual like mechanical things the actual like <laughs> list and and do you write do you do a pro and con and i don't do a lot of that kind of stuff but i do do the walk i do do the drive uh i do do the let me get out of the normal the normal routine um and 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 that does clear the head and if you and if you out there have the ability to do that and, and not everyone can take a walk not everyone can get in a car for various reasons but if there's a way to just how how do I break from what is normal to to what uh, is 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 just a moment in the sun, so to speak, um, is a real big thing that I used. It's a real big tool about I, I need to go for this walk. Uh, other than you know, it helps my fitness app uh, tell me mm-hmm. I'm doing it. But <laughs> yeah, like or or even the the sometimes I'll do the um, especially if I need like need to push past some doubt on writing. I will mm. go to a public location because I fear fear everyone is watching me and I have to write, which is a silly trick. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's great. That. Make your make yeah. your fears work for you. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna know this pad is blank if I don't scribble something down. But uh, <laughs> is that Jen? Do you have any of those like uh, pro cons and anything? Uh, how, how do you get through that? Uh, no. Nah, I mean, I'm now I'm at like go time, mm-hmm. so I just I don't have, and I literally have a certain amount of time every day 
before my, I have to go pick up my kids. So it's like, if I don't mm. get take this risk, if I don't do this now, it's going to get pushed to maybe tomorrow or the next day. And then I've lost a whole week. So mm. I, I, now I'm at the point where I, and I really feel I'm under the gun for a variety of reasons. So, mm. Uh, mm. although my husband the other day is like, go for a walk. And I'm like, I don't want to go for a walk. <laughs> I just want to work on this and get this done. But going for a walk and going for, yeah. for a run mm. does clear mm. my head, I will say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, beyond, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not one of those like, uh, you know, workout bros that you know do push-ups and, and, and you'll not catch COVID types. But, but like, I, the, the Joseph, you're talking about the physical activity. It's, it's a mental thing. It's really, it's, it's science and blah, 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 endorphins, all those things that I don't fully understand. I can read a wiki, Wikipedia page, but um, it, it definitely does work, and, and it's part of it there. But. But things sometimes don't work out and taking those risks uh, outside of the hot flood of shame, though, that could be a part of it as well. Um, when when things don't work, when they fall flat on their face or you uh, say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put a lot into it, maybe in some money. And then it doesn't work for whatever reason. Uh, how, how do you approach recovering from that sort of risk, Jen? That's what I'm figuring out right now. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but but that's because I'm telling myself. If I were to tell someone else, I would say to that person, you know, how amazing that you took that chance. So many people don't. You should feel so proud of yourself. Um, know that you can. This is this is a learning experience. It's not a failure. You're gonna take that and you're gonna do something even greater because you're gonna know learn from this past and from this experience. So the biggest thing, the best thing you can do is just continue moving forward and don't look back. Just, just keep going. Yeah. 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 I, so if we could all take the advice that we give ourselves, if we could take our own advice, that would eliminate most problems in the world. But I think it's a fascinating part of the human condition that we just, I know what I'd say to somebody else. I'm not listening right. to me though. <laughs> but I'm like, well, that person, that, that person is awesome and they did all these great things. So yes, but for me, I stink. You know, right? That's, that's what that yeah. is. Yeah, you're the yeah. one, you're the one that's like, oh, there's something you said that I really love, Jen, of just like, hey, can you give yourself that credit for even just doing it? That there's just a lot, a lot of people that even didn't even stand on this plateau that you mm -hmm. tried. And, and um, you know, we, we have a little green friend that talks a lot about do and do not and all that kind of stuff. But we, we've analyzed that here and we'll analyze it again when it, when the time is right about what that really truly means. And and uh, it, it's about commitment in the soul, I think. And it's about the emotions of, of, of do or do not. And, and, and you deal with the do not. Uh, you deal with the failure and, and I, I, I struggle all the time and, and it's embarrassing. You know, we keep going back to this phrase you've created, Joseph, that deserves a t-shirt bumper sticker and all for the hot flood of shame because sometimes very personal. Uh, one of the, I, a couple of years ago, I launched a baseball podcast feed. Uh, I love baseball, but I've been disconnected from it. And I thought, ah, oh, you know, let me, let me get back to it and let me do a podcast about it. Oh my God, that'd be great. And Brian Ward did some of my favorite arties ever done for me. And I had a bunch of shows and I was recruiting some friends to do. And I put about four out and I realized I made a huge mistake. I didn't have the time. I kind of didn't actually have the desire. I think maybe it came from a, a desperation of what can get me money. And I it still kind of, you know, embarrassed isn't quite the word, but still have this like, God, and those logos were pretty too. And I wasted that. <laughs> you know, mm. Brian's great art on that. And, and uh, I just have to, I think I just have to know that that was okay, that it's okay. 
uh, that that the only one really feeling that embarrassment right now is me. Hmm. And and that's one way uh, one way I look at it. As but I'm trying to focus a little bit more to what you're saying, Jen. Of yeah, you know what? I did do this big career thing, and you know what? I did get voted out, and other people did better things and more successful things. But I did that, and that hmm. was big for me. And trying to weigh it in that, but it, it's it's never easy. Never easy. No, it's not. No. <sighs> No, on the, uh, on the, like, particularly like with the creative stuff, um, mm-hmm. I've got a, a good friend here in Los Angeles who has, has given me the, the, in many people, the wonderful advice of this, uh, this is awful, but it's also great. No one is paying any attention to you, yes. <laughs> yes. particularly when mm-hmm. pe- people pay attention to you when you have something that works and that's what they remember, you know, mm-hmm. and read a Wikipedia page of your favorite actor, writer, creator, musician. Like, uh, I, I just learned, cause I'm not a huge Prince, uh, uh, uh aficionado. I, I, I like him. Uh, but I've, I'm not a, a deep dive, know everything about him fan and, and found out how much he wanted to break into being a respected filmmaker and was so mad that people didn't like his films. And like, and of course, when we think of Prince, it's not like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. an unsuccessful filmmaker, Prince, right. you know, it's yeah. a, a godlike talent who blessed us you know yeah. uh, music yeah. musician and fashion icon and blah 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 you know yeah. and and that but that's hard to hold in your head right mm. yeah right. yeah yeah and, and yeah, that's so when people the point is for me when people think of you they think of the things that you do that they love and they're not like ken napsack the guy who kind of kind of whiffed it on the baseball podcast <laughs> that's not how they think of you <laughs> right 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 that's it's it's insanity to, to think that but but yeah it's so real and and yeah this is why this is why i think these kind of conversations but also those those deep dive interviews on those podcasts there's no no doubt that that's why i think those podcasts resonate or those shows or you know inside the actor's studio i, I mm. think it's so easy to forget that you're, uh, you know, looking at a superstar on stage and going, wow. And then you're not seeing, you know, Taylor Swift on a mid-state fair concert at 13, you know, right. Right. you're not seeing that. Um, you know, uh, there's just so much of that that I've, uh, have to come to realize. And, and again, not, not fall for it again. I'll fall for it again. I'm sure there'll be another time. And I'm like, look at that person. No, they did it right. And they're, they're over there thinking, God, does anyone see I've done this wrong? That mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, Let's get in maybe some specifics. I love this here as we round out the, the first half of our conversation. Uh, what is a big risk or big risk that you're glad you uh, didn't take and or on the other side, one you wished you had taken. So sometimes, uh, and I'll start. There's there's a, there's an example of uh, um, one I'm glad I didn't take. I, I hated my job early on from the beginning. After about two years, it wasn't as fun. And I, I one of the reasons was I saw other people doing comedy and sketch and things. And then, like, well, that's what I want. And I still got this job and blah, blah, blah. And I wrapped myself around that. That almost became my identity more than the entertaining side or the artist artist side. But I had an opportunity to, to maybe interview and take another job. It was mine to take um, at another company in another place. And it would have just put my career. You don't know. This is a sliding door thing. Who knows who I, who I would have met? Who knows? Like you said, Joseph, I turned the corner and meet someone that changes my life. Who knows? But I always go back to that moment of I'm glad I didn't take that job because mm. it was it was a decision that would have been made out of uh, despair, a little panic, um, 
a little uh, not the actual answer, just a distraction from what I really maybe needed to do, which was to maybe work a little harder on my art, maybe take more of the risks on the artistic side, like those friends I was watching. And I go mm. back, this is about 2002. And I'm so glad I didn't take that. I think I would have been, um, it would have hurt me in a lot of ways. And so that's one I'm glad I didn't take. Mm. Yeah, and any, 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 any glad you didn't or wish you did? Mm, well, I, you know, one I thought of recently, I was uh, with Pedro Pascal. He went to an Orange County Performing Arts High School that I was thinking about going to. Mm. That would have been cool, uh, but maybe I could have met him. <laughs> <laughs> the the one that I've waffled on, which is a which is funny, right? Because our life, we go through so many different changes and things happen, and it, it reframes things. So I got accepted to USC's broadcast journalism master's program mm. years ago. And I decided not to, to go because mm. I wanted to become an actor. And when I was working a lot as an actor and getting where I felt pretty close to, you know, maybe being on a show or whatever, I was like, that was the best decision I ever made. I would have been so many, you know, thousands of dollars in debt. I wouldn't have been happy. Mm. Now I'm like, you know, I maybe should have gone to broadcast journalism school because it just would have opened up a lot more options for me professionally, potentially. Uh, that's how I see it. But then my husband, who's like a Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder, he's like, you know, journalism is is dying. Mm. Who knows? You you may not have learned all the things that you learned yeah. because you didn't go to school. So it is a sliding doors kind of thing. What are the mm. possibilities? And I have a tendency to be a little bit negative, some might say. So <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't help. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe five years from now, I'll be like, I'm so glad I didn't go to broadcast journalism <laughs> school. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the. Sliding door thing is, is a big, big effect. And, and that's part of, I think, not even outside of the risk conversation of, of, of kind of being here now of, okay, I am here and realizing every failure, every step, every success leads you to here. And, and that's right. the, the destiny conversation. It isn't some magical, you pull the sword and everything's great. It's just that you have mm -hmm. some more decisions because you are here. Um, so yeah, you never know. Joseph, you've taken some big risks lately in your life, uh, but uh, any ones you're glad you didn't take or ones you wished you had? Yeah, I mean, it can kind of both in, in the, I think a major one for the sliding doors we've talked about in a little bit and joked about because I think we have some similarity in it, Ken, of, mm. uh, of I'm going to get on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had talked, uh, I had, I, I, I met one uh, true friend in college because I, I had already, you know, friend groups outside of it and the University of Minnesota is, is, big and I didn't live on campus or blah, blah, blah. But anyway, uh, still Facebook friends with her. She's great. She was kind of a, an, a world traveler because her, her dad was uh, um, uh, some sort of um, got free tickets. Uh, so anyway, I remember telling her like, because she was like, so yeah, you're doing comedy. What are you going to do when you graduate? And I was like, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to try to audition for Saturday Night Live. And, um, and I didn't because by the time I graduated, I had this community in Minneapolis that I really loved and I didn't want to leave. And mm. I, I felt like I was lacking community uh, growing up for the most part. I always, uh, I only ever had kind of a handful of friends, not like a, a robust community. I never had an extended family really. Um, so that's one of I look back on, like on this one side of my whole life, I wish that I had not settled um, mm -hmm. for like, oh, you, you, you're getting to be creative. That's good enough. 
and not had a sort of someday I'll aim higher. Mm. Uh, I wish I would have started, uh, you know, just out of the gate. The highest possible thing that can be achieved, I'm going to try to do that. Right, uh, right. Be- because why not shoot for it? Why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but at the same time, if I had made that choice, I would have been, who knows what would have happened, except for I would have been deadly lonely. <laughs> <laughs> and I would not have had, you know, it, it's hard to think of of all the people in my life I would have missed if I had done it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, including, you know, my wife. Um, yeah. So I, I think about those kind of choices a lot where I wish I would have pursued my career differently, but I don't know that I wish I would have actually made that specific choice. Mm. I am right there with you on it, of course, and you're right. There's some similarities because, you know, um, we're one of two million people that have had the thought, I'm <laughs> alive, you know. Uh, <laughs> but but I failed in that regard, not because I got yes, voted out of the groundlings or didn't. it wasn't, uh, you know, good enough sketch player. It wasn't that. It, it, it was the fear that takes over of just even the simple things. And and I loved, I was obsessed with the idea of going to New York, but we, because I didn't travel much as a kid, I didn't know how to fly. I didn't know how to, you know, save up money or just th- thought, you know, hey, hell, we can go. And we touched on some of the, the traveling and all that stuff earlier and some other center things. And I didn't do it because it was fear. Um, and then, uh, it, it, it's fine. Eight years ago this week, cause thank you, Facebook for reminding me of the, of the memory. I was in New York for work for the first time, October, 2015, me and Dan Morrow, mm-hmm. uh, out there for some screen junkies work. And, and Dan had been in New York several times and he was taking me around and we went to 30 rock and I sat there outside. It was a cold October night. It was a Friday night. And I knew because of the schedule that, you know, they're up there dress rehearsing. They're up there doing this. And, and my buddy Mikey Day was probably up there on the on the floor, on the 17th floor. And I started just crying. And I cried not mm. because, well, I wasn't good enough to get on that show. There's millions of people not good enough to get on the show or who didn't get onto it for various reasons like you're talking, Joseph. Like, you never know. But I, it hit me that I didn't take any risks related to that pursuit out of fear. And that's mm. that really bummed me. That really yeah. me. It does not mean it would have been Saturday Night Live. And you're right. You, you can make a list of people I wouldn't have met or, or, or things I wouldn't have accomplished. And, and that's part of, again, being here now. But I just felt I let myself down because a simple fear of I don't know how to go to New York. I, even if Lauren Michaels called me, what do I don't even know how to do that. And I stopped and I stopped everything. And you don't know where that would have taken you. And and I was really sad for that. And it was but I but it was a good cry. It was like, a, let me cry. Mm. Dan saying, are you all right? I just get on. <laughs> um, because I, I, I think you let it go. I, I think you're talking about something that, that's really important. And I think it kind of relates to, to what we're talking about recovering from, from risks that didn't pan out mm-hmm. is, is doing that analysis of, did I prevent myself from having a chance at something out of fear right? versus, Hey, I actually did try for that. And I have to accept that I can't control everything. And there isn't a lesson there. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like with some of my performing stuff and some of my stand-up stuff in particular, uh, when I moved to Los Angeles, there's there's some stuff I, I realized I don't, I, I, I really like my wife I, and I, I don't <laughs> want to hang out at a club every night at the bar and become yeah. such a bar fly that they eventually book me, which is what people kept telling me to do. Like, well, come mm-hmm. here and drink every night. And like, don't want to, not gonna. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my choice. That's my fault. Um, yeah. but I will also say that I had a couple, I had a couple of good opportunities that got me to LA that got me, um, things that I really appreciate. I still have friends and fans from some of those opportunities, mm-hmm. 
Um, but I had a couple opportunities that I could not have possibly done a better job. And, and the people who could continue to book me just didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do about it. That part wasn't under my control. I don't know why it happened. And there's the, there's the, the, the lesson in life where you try something and you, you don't do a good job (laughs) and you go like, Oh, what can I do better? And then sometimes you absolutely killed it. And it's just life that it didn't work out and you can't control that. And in some ways that's harder because we don't have as many, we have a million wonderful stories about you tried, you failed, you learned a lesson. And the next time you succeeded, we don't have as many tales about like the hero pulled the sword from the stone and cut the monster in half and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. Like, that's life, you know, but that, yeah. but it, but that happens in real life all the time of, I did nothing wrong, but yeah. it didn't work. And, and so I think what you're saying, Ken, about like, you, I think you probably did do a good job at Groundlings and it's a subjective opinion. Yeah. So that part of it is just a thing that you can't control. Yeah. But the fear part of it, is the part that you can control. Yeah. Mm. And I just had to let it go. I love that there's an alternate alternate reality where about 2007, you and I run into each other at a diner near 35. <laughs> <laughs> you say, hey, do you like Star Wars? I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of really like the prequel. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's, uh, it's all this uh, rich tapestry of, uh, <laughs> of working through this stuff. Uh, we are going to end this first half of this conversation though with a definite uh, positive thing. Uh, Risks that work and risks that pan out or just risks that maybe, hey, didn't work it out exactly as planned, but you're overjoyed. You took those risks. Uh, and uh, Joseph, do you have any of those on? Uh, does, does, how, does, how does it scale? Is there less of these larger <laughs> ones or is there more? No, I think there's a ton of risks that I'm that I'm overjoyed. I, I took. I think you know, just just getting into performance and putting yourself out there is a risk. And I think, um, I think what Jennifer was saying about just reminding yourself that that doing anything that you want to do, creating something, going on a trip that you're scared of, just the doing it is, is a reward. And that that can be hard to keep in your mind, but I think that's real important. I think um, for me, the the risk that I, that I'm overjoyed I took is working on on films in this this one in particular right now that I'm working on um uh, the nightmare adorable was it, it was a it was a risk because I knew it was going to stretch a lot of things uh uh it was going to be a, a time stress a financial stress uh for me it was stressful the amount of help that I needed to ask from uh people mm-hmm. uh in in it in it, it was it did kind of stretch me to the breaking point to get it done. Uh, but what helped me on that one and, and it's the reason that I'm overjoyed that I took it is that I just actually did pay attention to like some of the behind the scenes and the stories of other people who had done scary things of like, yeah, this is a terrifying amount of work. It's terrifying that it won't get done. It's terrifying that it'll fail and no one will like it. Um, and that's okay. The, the the goal isn't to just never be terrified. <laughs> yeah. The goal is to handle the terror. And working on this film for three months, it was really, really hard. And there was lots of terror. And I just had to get better at being like, you have to, you have to just keep jumping off of little mini cliff after mini cliff, mm. because that is the only way to make something like this. Mm. Um and that I, I'm not saying like, ah, I'm healed. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the put, putting, 
the the, the brightest reward is it exists it's ex- forever. Yeah. Um, people could discover it after I'm dead and they couldn't before. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's so wonderful every time it is accepted to a film festival. Mm-hmm. Hurts real bad every time one of those rejections uh, comes in. But I think that was just a really valuable lesson for me about uh, trying not to stagnate and and not being like, I just need to reach this level of imaginary success where nothing's scary anymore, mm. but rather say a part of making something is kind of being in a, in a constant little dance with your own fears. And, and mm. it's not about entirely making them go away. It's about not letting them stop you. Yeah. True. Constant dance with those little fears. Love all that. Love, love everything you're saying there. And, and yeah, uh, the, 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 the constant cliff diving is <laughs> a new challenge there. Um, uh, Jen, anything for you that comes to mind? Uh, things that you're overjoyed you did. And it can't just be talk about Star Wars with uh, these two schlubs. Yeah. Uh, you know, related would be that I tried cosplaying years ago mm. and I took that risk and I remember thinking oh what who am I to cosplay and whatever and mm. people are going to think this this Death Star skirt is really weird and they, I don't know if anybody's going to get it and I thought you know let me just try it and I'm just going to go have fun mm. um and it, that opened up my world in a way I never imagined and it and it gave me community and the mm. community that I was I was really longing for for so many years and it was the first time where I felt like my weirdness was embraced and I met other like-minded weirdos and it was wonderful. And these are people that I've become friends with. I see I've, you know, I'm, I'm friends with them online as well. And it just, it was really eye-opening that if I had never taken that risk, I cannot imagine um, what my life would have been like. It just, it opened so many doors and and more importantly, it, it, it introduced me to so many people I really, I really like and admire. Mm. Yeah. It's not how we met, but it's the first time that I ever saw you or was aware of you on Bonnie Burton's uh, panel at <gasps> San Diego Comic-Con in your Death Bonnie. Star dress. Yeah. Oh man. I love, love Bonnie. Yeah. So many, so many great people. It was really, really a great time. That's wonderful. Um, love all that. You're, you're both answering so wonderfully here. And, and, and mine is, um, Pretty simple, direct, and things I've I've talked about before. Yeah, a lot of little risks uh, 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 along in my life, including you know me telling someone named Grace like I think I could beat you at Lord of the Rings trivia, and, and <laughs> uh, she kicked my ass, and uh, the you know, and, and here we are, still seven years later. <laughs> I love those kind of little life risks. Uh, but yeah, the career with the big one for me, finally, you know, breaking out of the the day job with an opportunity that that felt right, but but wasn't a guarantee. Uh, leaving security and going to work full time for Defy Media. Uh, with Screen Junkies, and, and um, it's not been smooth since then. I left that job within 16 months, had some issues, had some bad folks to work with. I went to Collider and had some bad folks to work with and some bad things. And, <laughs> and, and now, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I, I don't know how I'm going to survive financially in the future, but it it feels good <laughs> and it feels mm-hmm. better. Um, but I go back to the moment. And it was it was almost comical. It, 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 the, the day I, w- I I typed my resignation letter and, and was ready to email it, my my senior vice president walked in. He wasn't based in the area. He did a surprise inspection, as he used to love to do and make my life miserable. But uh, <laughs> we, he walked in the door, and I and I laughed. And he sat down, and he goes, "Hey, I have a question for you." And I laughed, and he goes, "You're going to quit?" And I was like, <gasps> "Yeah, I am." Uh, I, I got my resignation and he had, he said, well, let me tell you why I'm here. 
I'm not here for a surprise inspection, um, though. Truth, he always did. Um, but he goes, I'm here to offer you a promotion. And it was um, a $30,000 a year promotion. Wow. To a regional security manager job. And um, I said, um, no, <laughs> I didn't even take time to think about it. Um, mm. the, the debate had happened before, and there was a great conversation I had had with a, a friend of mine who's an LAPD detective who since uh, passed away. <laughs> um, uh, but he had said, um, he was, I was debating it, and he stopped back up. And he had not worked for me for two years, and it was a random thing. He stopped back in, and it's like, how you doing? I said, well, here's what's going on. And he told me a quick story. I'll shorten it. He goes, you know, I had my, my partner in my patrol car for years. Um, you know, he one day got an opportunity to go be a, a backing drummer in a band. And uh, it would require him to maybe leave his uh, police job. And um, we talked about it. And I said, you didn't, you didn't move here to be a police officer. You, you, you could go get that job. You could go take that risk, fail and come back and maybe come back to LAPD. Maybe go to another agency. Uh, take that risk. And so he goes, my friend did. And his, uh, he was the drummer for his brother's band. His brother just happened to be Bruno Mars and never looked back. <laughs> he's, he's doing okay as the drummer for his brother. And, and uh, um, I was like, all right, cool. So I told my regional, <laughs> didn't tell him that story, but I just said no. And uh, I'm glad I did. And uh, I would have lost that job in three months anyways, is the, is the post oh. on that because the contracts changed and I would have been, I would have been jobless. Uh, so, uh, wow. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. And plus a few months later, uh, started this show with all of you. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that would happen. So those are some of the risks we're overjoyed we took, but on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about, uh, some other fun things here as we take a look at the art of taking risks. But before we do that, we do have an audio book we want to recommend to you. And Joseph, you got a great choice for spooky season. That's right. I am uh, rereading, but you could listen to uh, a book that I first read in the sixth grade, and it is Dracula by Bram <laughs> Stoker. I don't know how I got through it when I was in sixth grade, but as an adult, it's fascinating. If you've never actually uh, listened to the original novel, it's, oh, it's so fascinating because there'll be passages that are just the spookiest, creepiest, sort of most famous gothic horror. This is where it all came from moments. And then there's just some stuff that's weird. Uh, it's uh, all journal entries. So the, there's some uh, res some chicken recipes real early on in Dracula that sound good that you should try out. <laughs> but I think you should listen to this for the beautiful gothic horror and the chicken recipes. Dracula Ooh. by Bram Stoker. Dracula by Bram Stoker. Check it out by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break on the other side. More risks. Stick around to Other Center. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Four Center Presents Other Center. I'm Ken Napsack with Joseph Grimshaw, Jennifer Landa. We are taking a look at the art of taking risks and maybe taking the risks uh, you didn't want to take or mm, succeeding or failing and all the things in between. It's been a fun conversation. Deep at times as always. Uh, and it, it look, it doesn't get any easier to take the next risk. risk. At least that's what I think. You, just when you think you've conquered it. It's to me like writing a screenplay. Uh, back in the day when I was doing it more. Um, where I'd, I'd, I'd write one, I'd be like... Ah, I uncovered how to do that every time. All I have to do is do that. 
I do 19 post uh, index cards. I do this, and then I get to the next one, and I was like, "Oh, that doesn't not working for this story." Um, so, uh, what do you try to take from previous risks, good or bad? Well, going forward, Jen. Mm, that is a great question. Uh, you know. I have a few risks that are on the horizon, but I think the thing is, is that as you get older, like you guys have been mentioning it, there's just more to, there's more to lose in some sense, whether it's financially time-wise where it's like, I don't have as much time. Do I want to potentially invest six months into this when I could be doing something else? Mm. Oh, physically, could I actually physically hurt myself if I go snow snowboarding, right? Uh, these are all <laughs> the things that I'm, that I'm weighing. Um, but I think the important thing that I think about is, okay, if I'm going to take the risk, I need to do it a hundred percent, not keep one foot in one area and one foot in the other that then you just end up like in that zone uh, for a Mm -hmm. long time. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you don't even feel satisfied that you took the risk because you, you never were really committing to it. So Mm -hmm. if I'm going to do a risk now, I say, okay, I'm going to do this. And it kind of does feel more like a big decision weighing the pros and cons. And then I'm going to go for it. So Mm -hmm. That's what I try and do now is just commit a hundred percent. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit of a do or do not type of thing. I think. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one foot in that one foot out. That's great stuff. Uh, Joseph, as always, you've had some wonderful things today. Uh, a bumper sticker statement that will live for forever. <laughs> but, uh, just- mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think risks are always going to come with some fear or else they wouldn't be risks. But I think, I think you actually I think they actually can get better. Like, mm. um, th- this is not a, a thing that's going to end up on t-shirts, but it's almost like, you know, uh, when you're playing a video game and you learn to like chain attacks, <laughs> mm. Mm. you know, and, and if you don't give, uh, um, mm-hmm. it's almost like performing of like, if you have a, a show that you do once a month and it goes well every month, but a month is enough time in between that you start to have some performance anxiety before the next one. Mm-hmm. But if you're in like a play that's running, you know, Thursday through Sunday, five shows, you just get in the rhythm of it and it, it goes away because you're doing it again and again and again. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's second nature. Yeah. Um, and I do think trying to take m- more risks and, and you're still aware of them. You're still, especially emotional risks. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still aware of them, but I think if you can kind of chain attacks, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like I jumped off a cliff yesterday and it was fine, or I jumped off the cliff and I, and I I did hit my head on the side of the rock, so I'm going to try to jump differently today. But <laughs> I lived, you know. Yeah. So uh, I I think trying to get yourself in a, in a in a mindset of doing that is great. And and then uh, specifically, I think your your great question, Ken, of of what you take. I think you know thinking through actual lessons of you know. Could I learn anything from a, a past thing like this? Uh, mm-hmm. Is is a, the benefit of age? Sometimes you'll know, like, yeah, no, that that's not going to work, and I know. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then I think uh, thinking through through the good risks, I, I I think about this particularly for creative stuff, and and I, I obsess on that because that's my life and the life of a lot of people I know. Um, but there is all that fear of starting a creative project mm-hmm. um, because it is all the, will I waste my time? Will the hot flutter shame, will, will people laugh at me? I think in some ways the hot flutter shame from ourselves of, I think of myself as a good writer. What if I find out I'm wrong? <laughs> right. There's, <laughs> what if I, you know, ruin some of my own, you know, self identity, all that stuff. I think the best way to get past that is 
you know, when, when you say jump off a cliff, that can be scary or that can be fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you, I think it works so well to try to think about it as fun. It's actually freeing to go, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this one, but let's go. Mm-hmm. That's fun. The, 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 the feeling of, of freedom of, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to land, but I, 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 this is, this is what a cocky badass I am. I think I'll figure out a way. If you mm-hmm. let yourself feel that way about yourself, when you throw yourself off the cliff, I think that's the, the great way to start. And again, I'm talking much more about emotional risks, not actually <laughs> physically throwing yourself <laughs> off a cliff or snowboarding. I'm not doing that myself. Uh, yeah, not worth the risk of leg breaking. I don't think I'd get so much out of it that it would be worth breaking my leg. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, look, I still won't uh, ride a motorcycle, snowboard, ski, uh, you know, that, 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 um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with not taking those risks. It's uh, the other thing. No, you're saying, both say wonderful things and, 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 and momentum and repetition. And even just with stand up, I don't go up as much as other performers as I should because kind of what you talked about earlier. It's like, how often, how late do you want to be out every night to try to, to do this? It's a, it's a hard choice. But like, yeah, I got these shows in New York this week and it's like, I have. I have to get back on the bicycle after a couple of weeks. Right. And it's like, wait, yeah. what do I say? What do I do? And it's just harder. So momentum, repetition, uh, those are things. And just knowing what's an actual limit might be the biggest thing. And what's an actual obstacle versus something I've, I've put in front of me. Uh, that that's kind of where I, I am now, uh, whether it's a creative thing or, um, a choice, uh, you know, related to, to job, money, finances, or, or anything like that, or health. Just like, like, what are my limits? Going back to that podcast example of starting a, a baseball podcast that was very um, aggressive and, and um, ambitious, uh, knowing that I, I, I just should have known. And now I know. If I start something new, uh, it's monthly. Or it's, no, it's something I want to do versus something I feel like, well, I guess I better. And that that's mm. how I look going forward. And, mm. you know, hopefully as you get older, you know that... Uh, the old, uh, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it only makes you stronger thing. It's uh, that's a whimsical surface level piece of advice, but also so there's some truth to it that I take. So yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. We, as we start to look towards the end of this conversation, are in the middle of an ongoing risk and uh, taking it to, to uh, this podcast. Uh, we had the decision to turn Force Center into Other Center during the still this moment ongoing SAG after strike. WGA is officially ratified and, and over, but we are still covering the things we normally did versus in, in, in the WGA strike because that was the situation. SAG entered and it changed the game. Um, we probably could have found some loopholes. We probably could have wiggled and roomed away around the issue, but we decided not to. And I wanted to go into it because it is one of the bigger risks um, that I think I've been involved in. And it's not a, a life-changing, world-shattering risk for everyone else outside these walls. But for us, it caused a, um, a lot of concern. And I wanted to work through it. And, and what were our individual fears and doubts at the start? And where are we right now? We hopefully see a little light at the end of the tunnel. And hopefully we can get back to what we normally did. But we'll be forever changed in good ways, I think. But where are we at, Jen? Individual fears and doubts. Where did it start? I was, I thought naively, uh, I thought that other people would join us and not talking about Star Wars. Uh, and I was actually surprised that we were one of the few not talking about Star Wars, even though we're a Star Wars podcast. That's when I started to get a little nervous. And I thought, this, this is actually a risk. Are people going to tune in? And through the live streams, especially, and seeing just how you all listening, is re- the reason why this risk has paid off, in my opinion, 
is that you all were there to kind of like to jump with us, so to speak, right? We did it together. And it feels so nice that, I don't know, that we can talk about other things beyond Star Wars because it's something I'm personally dealing with right now mm-hmm. through the strike where I have not talked about Star Wars in any capacity and I haven't even really watched Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been, that's been a huge part of my life for so long. And I'm like, who am I outside of Star Wars? Mm-hmm. W- what is my quote unquote brand? Do people like, what I have to say beyond Star Wars. Um, and I'm still kind of figuring that out. And I, I honestly don't know, but I personally feel good about mm. this risk and about, you know, being my own person. And yes, Star Wars is a part of that, but I'm so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I'm not happy. We had to take the, the break for those affected way more directly of the strikes than, than I, right. including Eugene, including my fiance, Grace, but, um, yeah, it was it was a a good pause, a taking of the of the of the deep breath to to look around and mm. go, who am I right now? And 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 do I want to keep doing something out of love or out of well, this is uh, what I do? And and you right. know, it, it's there's a love there that I, I've definitely uh, been reminded of. But yeah, for me, I, you know, it, and I want to be clear here: this isn't. Uh, there's a lot of people we know who continue to cover it because um, they were less affected, but they continue to be supportive of it. And, and I want yes. to make sure that's clear. But yes. I, I also I cannot lie. I I was like, "Yay, we're doing this!" And then I looked around, and by the way, that "yay" was not a easy earned "yay," but it was like, "All right, mm-hmm. we're doing this." Uh, and I looked around, and was Andre Meadows wasn't. Um, Heroes were forged. Uh, they had stopped, and us, and and that seemed about it. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I just went, "What? What? Yeah. Oh no!" And yeah. I I had a moment of <laughs> to quote uh, Job from a struck work show. Uh, uh, we've made a huge mistake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, um, um, oh, I don't think that's true, but that was the moment then. And again, I want to be very clear without, you know, putting any of our friends uh, unintentionally in the spotlight. Like that was a different circumstance for them. And I understand it. Yeah. I still get a right. little, I still have a little to work through. I have to be honest about a lot of folks still tweeting about things as, as if it's normal. Um, mm. But that's a different conversation. Also more important things in the world for me to worry about than that. But, but that was part of the fear and doubt that kicked in early and where we are now, I think stronger when we come back, We'll be better about even discussing the things we love, but also other center will live on. And it's been a joy uh, to the, the land of revelations. Uh, <laughs> Propaganda punk uh, uh, fan like you are, Jen, to, to discover that you and I almost grew up around the, the corner from each other during a, a period of, a, of time. It, it's fascinating. Joseph, I felt I, I know you and I've known you for nine years, but to get to hear more specific stuff from you has been an absolute joy as well. So that's where I am now. You take a risk, mm-hmm. you might gain. Yeah. How long would it have taken uh, to have eating worms come up while talking about Star Wars? <laughs> exactly. I'm surprised it didn't come up earlier, honestly. But, yes, um, yes. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the fears were definitely multifaceted. Um, I think one of the things about uh, Force Center is uh, we, we work hard, particularly we really ramped up uh, during the the height of the pandemic and, and got up to those uh, four episodes <laughs> a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a lot of work into this, but Four Center has been one of the things in my life that has always just been smooth. 
Um, I have had creative uh, uh, works that that have, you know, for theater, for great attendance or, you know, a viral tweet. I've had I've had great success, but I've also had lots of like, I believe in the art and I'm I'm begging people to to support it because it's just not, you know, it, it for the few people who love it, it's hitting. But, man, it's hard to reach people. And mm-hmm. Four Center was just one of those sort of unbelievable of like, well, we put it out there and then just people started listening and more and more people listened and we started a Patreon and, and mm-hmm. people came in. And I'm not saying it was just always easy, mm-hmm. uh, but it worked. It was like, I put in work and I get back this reward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. easy is that? And consistently mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. a schedule uh, with reliable friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, are you really going to take the one thing in your professional life that's just entirely smooth and rough it up? Like, mm-hmm. uh, there was there was that uh, definitely the fear of of disappointing listeners um, and some listeners are have been yeah. disappointed and have stopped listening, mm-hmm. um, but not frankly, nowhere near as many as uh, I was concerned. Um, mm-hmm. uh, their financial fears. Uh, we've worked hard to to get ad sales connected and, and the, the kind support on Patreon. And this makes a difference in our lives. Um, and the, the fear of losing that felt very, very real. Um, but then I think right when we had to make the decision, I was in the middle of doing a lot of cliff jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was in the middle of trying to finish that film. Uh, you know, I, I left town with it uh, in post-production, not done having to answer emails on a plane while I went to uh, my, my father-in-law's celebration of life and then directly from there went to a film festival uh, where I knew absolutely no one mm. uh, and just see like, will I, will I get anything out of this or is this a horrible risk of time and money and emotion? Um, and so I think I was in that mindset when it became clear we needed to make that decision. And I think it made it easier for me to go, no, let's do it. Uh, let's jump off that that cliff. Mm-hmm. And, and it felt really good because I think uh, we support the strikes. Uh, for anybody who still needs the review, SAG after put out clear guidelines and saying, if you're a member or want to join anytime soon, do not do podcasts about struck work. It was crystal clear. Yeah. Um, so I felt great about doing the right thing. I felt like I, I put in a, in a tweet thread about it. Um, we can't talk about Star Wars, but we can try to, you know, walk the talk of Star mm-hmm. Wars about mm. do what's right, even if it's even if it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with that, there was this goal and hope that it would make us stronger in the long run, that um, people are absolutely here for Star Wars, but but people have spent a lot of time listening to us and people have said really nice things about how and why and when they listen to us and, and what they value. And a lot of that is Star Wars, but a lot of it is just the community we've built. Mm-hmm. And I, I had this this hope that, if we jumped off this cliff, that there would be a reward, that there would be losses, uh, but that there would be the reward of building an even stronger relationship with one another and even stronger relationship uh, with listeners is we had to talk about uh, other things and, and dig deeper. And mm-hmm. and I think it has been a, a great reward. I had a, a wonderful conversation with a friend this weekend who had started listening a, a, about a year ago. And he, he said some real nice things about, uh, hey, it's really nice to, to listen to a Star Wars podcast where they didn't just <laughs> uh, complain about everything. And I, and I realized, mm-hmm. oh, I really like that. That's great. And like, but I've really been loving 
He's like, I'm still listening when you do Star Wars, but I've, I've actually been enjoying Other Center even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just think that it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good example of risks often do come with losses, but they come with the rewards too. And, and it's so important to just remember the reward so it can help you take a future risk. Hmm. Yeah, well, well said. And, and you know, I didn't put this question in here to, to do any kind of, uh, you know, we're not patting ourselves on the back. Uh, we're not trying to make anyone else feel weird about their decisions. But I, this was a conversation about risk. And, and I want to make sure we're not like the three on the hill where other people are going and say, look how easy it was for them. This was hard. Hmm. This was scary. This is how I pay some bills. And I was also in a period of my life where some of the other sources of how my pay, pay my bills were vanishing or were on shaky ground. And, and in fact, did lose one of those jobs about two weeks ago. And so I, and we don't swear much around these parts. So I'm going to say it. So I'll warn you all, but there was a, there was a morning I woke up and I was like, we're, we're fucked. We, mm. we, 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 we have to do this. By the way, there was never a decision, you know, especially once Jen got some more clear guidelines, it was like, nah, we're not leaving her behind and we've got to do this. And I'm, but I thought, Oh no. Oh no. You know, <laughs> this is trouble. Um, but then, yeah, Joseph, I give you a ton of credit for saying some some good things uh, that made yeah. sense. And um, and here we are. But I want you all to know that, that you got something in your life. You got something you're thinking about. You got some hard decision you're making. Uh, we're, th- we're right there with you. We have those. Uh, bleep. <laughs> um, and um, like Joseph said earlier, of all the things in my career, my entertainment career that began 25 plus years ago with radio, because I lost that job, um, <laughs> the only thing that's worked, this is the only thing uh, that is, it, like Joseph described, consistent, nine years to the point where we're doing four shows a week and, uh, you know, took some time and energy, but it was fun. It was good and it was rewarding and it felt good. You go to conventions, people shake your hands and you feel, yay. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh man, we're throwing this on the fire when, when other people weren't, you know, and it was, uh, it's been, it's been a, a lesson for me to learn all over again. So like Joseph said, more cliffs to dive off of in front of <laughs> We are almost done. I swear, we're almost done. This has been a lot of fun uh, working through things, but I wanted to have a little little bit of a lighter ending to this here because it can get deep when you talk about risks. I call this risk rapid fire. Uh, uh, simple, what would you rather do? Uh, and I tried to come up with some, uh, you know, things that seem equal, but we'll, we'll see. So, Jen, I'll start with you here. Uh, rapid fire answer with with a with a description uh, leading, uh, you know, explaining your choice. Uh, explanation, not description. Uh, bungee jump or skydive? Bungee jump because I'd worry that my parachute wouldn't open if I skydived. <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. Bungee jump or skydive? A uh, bungee jump simply because I think it, it'll be a little easier on my knees. Mm. <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's a wonderful thing there. I, uh, I, I'm going to go with skydive. I, uh, I have a fear of falling, but I love heights <gasps> and I love Ooh. flying, but um, bungee jumping, I don't trust the people strapping me in. <laughs> I don't mm. trust the cord. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I have a stupid, naive feeling that, hey, if my parachute doesn't work, maybe I can find a way to flap my arms and land in a tree. But I also think, uh, you know, skydive is the answer. All right. Um, a new haircut or a new bolder fashion choice, Joseph? 
a new fashion choice. Uh, I, I, I want to, I want more, I want to wear more rings and I want to have more tattoos and I want to mm-hmm. push myself uh, to do those things. Maybe I'll get a matching oh. tattoo for Jen. Jen <laughs> <laughs> Blue, purple, bruised bear. Purple, <laughs> bear. Oh my I gosh. love that. I love that. Uh, I, I'll, I'll jump in and say, uh, uh, I've had a bad relationship with hair my entire life. I had a lot of bad haircuts, um, but new fashion choices have been more rewarding. Uh, and by that, I mean, I got some lo-fi choices. I looked across at Joseph and went, eh, all black. I look at my friend Eric Bass. I was like, he wears the same clothes every time I see him. I'm doing that. And I'm putting some colorful <laughs> shoes in. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to wear colorful beanies and hide my hair. And I'm liking this. And I, I've, uh, I'm content. I'm even, I even got some two new shirts from New York. If you're in New York and going to see me, I got two brand new T-shirts I'm going to wear. <laughs> some colors on them. So I'll, I'll go with that anytime. Jen, um, I'll be honest, the weight of a, a fashion choice and a hair choice might have a, a little bit more uh, ramifications for you because of uh, the world that we live in. But what is your choice? I Yeah, definitely fashion choice because I, I once cut my hair like Gwyneth Paltrow in sliding doors when that was in style. <laughs> and that was fine. But as I've learned from messing around with my hair, it just takes a lot longer for it to grow out when you're like mm-hmm. sick of the shortcut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. not going to do that again. Nope. That's amazing. That's 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 wonderful. There, uh, that movie's. We're not supposed to talk about it. I own it on. Oh, that's right. I own it, but I own it on VHS. That's how much. Oh, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, final one here for me. Here, Uh, order a different food item at your favorite restaurant, or try a new restaurant. (laughs) Joseph, I've got to start with you because this was I had you in mind. (laughs) Try a new restaurant, and then I can discover at that restaurant what my one favorite food item is at that restaurant, and never order anything different. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, fantastic, Uh, Jed. Where are you going with this? That's like literally my answer. Try a new restaurant so I can discover my new mm-hmm. dish that I'm going to order every time I go to that restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, it's my answer too. I love, <laughs> or, you know, get back to some old favorites. Damon's and Glendale, I got to get to in a while. Um, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll liken it to uh, my friend uh, Jay and I used to talk about music on podcast years ago and he said one time we 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 were those type of music collectors where every new tuesday we, every tuesday we're out getting the new music and we take record and cd buying trips together and he said to me one time because i am haunted by the fact that my new favorite song is out there and i haven't discovered it yet mm, and wow, that good. is me with meals as well it was me with music i even wrote an article about it back in the day but yes a new rest like i have not gone to muso and frank which is a sin in this town mm. and uh joseph and i've talked about getting over there and i'm like what am i gonna love there that becomes my version of my smokehouse every day so, yeah i'm going with, that. going with that one uh we're gonna leave with this one here jen this is big we're we're signing out uh what is one piece of advice for anyone out there about to take a risk don't get in the entertainment industry. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> go for it. The longer you hem and haw about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it. The harder it's going to be to take that risk because your responsibilities may change. You're going to get older and might, you might just become more comfortable where you are. But if when you start to feel that urge that you want to do something, you have a passion for it, go for it hundred percent really do it, work at it. And then if it doesn't pan out, be okay with closing the chapter and say, I'm so glad this is a chapter in my book. You can look back on those fun memories and start a new chapter. Wonderful. That's great. That's some great advice. Start a new chapter if you need to there. Joseph, uh, final piece of advice for anyone out there about to take a risk. 
yeah, I, I think thinking of the absolute worst that could happen and make sure that it, it that it isn't just a, a kind of fear of fear that's holding you back. Mm-hmm. Think of the mm-hmm. reward. Think about the absolute best that could happen. Uh, compare and contrast. Uh, I think it's it's freeing to to accept that you have only have control over your actions. You can't control the the result uh, of of you know your your risk. You can just kind of choose that that you're going to take it and do your your best job. Um, and then my final one is the one that Jennifer kind of referenced: is uh, take the advice that you give your friends at a bar. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, good stuff. Uh, bar advice always works out. Uh, the, one final thing for me, the advice I'd say, and this is something I, I hate to cross promote with an interview I did last week on my, my blathering channel, uh, my blathering conversation, my pal Matt Knudsen, who actually just put out a, a great book himself. He's a stand-up comic. Um, he, uh, it, it, I think it was, a, it was a, like a Buddhist philosophy, a part of it there, uh, more details on the interview, but he talked about joyous pursuits. And that, hit me even in mm. our interview of when you're taking these risks, uh, what, where's the joy in it? What's the desire? And what do you really want to do? And I had touched upon it earlier. Of, of, there have been times where I've made a decision based out of desperation or out of, uh, mm. I think I need to do this versus what do I actually want to do? And yes, there's some things that sometimes life makes remind you, you need to um, in terms of survival or taking care or being responsible. But in terms of the big risks, um, relationship choices, moving, uh, um, uh, having kids, anything like, is this part of a, a joyous pursuit? Is this a joyous pursuit or is this something you feel, ah, shrug, I guess I better do it. Um, and that's one of the mm. things that I'm at and then where I'm at right now. So a lot of advice out there for all of you. Um, listen, listen to your own advice is, is a good one too. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, we're out of here today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for going on this risky journey with us, with other center. It does mean a lot. It really, truly does. Uh, and the risk goes on as uh, other center continues. Here's where you can find us. As we begin to sign on out of here, we're on Twitter at Fort center pod. We're on threads as well. You know, that's a, dusty landscape right now uh so go to hive as well where we're there as well uh facebook pages podcast. <laughs> we're on youtube uh and instagram as well podcasts available on acast iHeartRadio, radio and many other spots merch available tpublic.com slash user slash force center and you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center if you'd like get uh, bonus episodes uh, all those kind of cool things over there uh, personal plugs and donations. I'll start uh, uh, briefly. You follow me at Ken Napsack. Go to KenNapsack.com for information on upcoming comedy shows. I'm in New York this week uh, with Mark Ellis, Jen Sturger, Kyle Lewis, and Vince Chang. A great lineup at the New York Comedy Club. Come see us. Uh, I think Thursday show shows more open than the Friday. Uh, then yes, from there on my website, you can link to uh, places like Bandcamp where I have my uh, comedy special album. I guess you can call it an audio album um, available on Apple, Amazon music, Spotify, all the places. But I, I highly encourage you and, and I, and just kind of uh, short of begging, I want you to consider checking out the special edition at kennapsock.bandcamp.com has over 30 minutes of bonus material. Um, uh, a special episode of my show Saturday Night Napsock and an additional comedy set from San Diego Comic-Con in addition to the main one recorded live in London in April. So that's where you can find all that. Jen, where can they find and follow you? You can find and follow me on TikTok at JenniferLanda1138, YouTube and Instagram where I am diving headfirst into a lot of risks and I'm embracing Mm. my weird self like loving the McNugget buddies from McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. (laughs) But I love them. I love them. That's wonderful. 
Joseph, take us home uh, with all your things you're doing and where they can get that cool T-shirt. I'm excited for the McNugget buddy phase mm-hmm. of the, <laughs> the Landa revolution. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, yeah, you can find me on all the social media. At uh, Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle everywhere. Uh, and you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, to find a couple things. Uh, first... Uh, I'm going to piggyback on Ken's big day uh, because I have several albums on Bandcamp and I don't do a good job of promoting them. And very honestly, uh, the production company I started needs more funds to submit to more film festivals. So if you buy a comedy album, it's not just uh, buying an album. It is directly helping me right now apply to film festivals that I won't otherwise be able to afford. So while you're going to Bandcamp, you're on the site anyway, you can go over to josephscrimshaw.com uh, or .bandcamp.com and check out all the different albums there. Uh, if you want to catch uh, the short film, The Nightmare Adorable, uh, that is playing at a couple different festivals, details on, on some of those ones coming up. Uh, there's one coming up in Iowa, one coming up in Bulgaria, more to be announced soon. And all that information is on my website, josephscrimshot.com as well as a link to Bandcamp right there on my website. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. Check out Bandcamp. It's a great place to support uh, independent artists uh, directly uh, with, uh, yes, some money goes to Bandcamp, but um, it's a great way. And there's a reason in this world where Spotify pays you one cent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> the reason a lot of people are on there, including us. And in fact, uh, Joseph was my inspiration to look at that a little bit further. So check out both stuff there. Uh, that is it. We're out there. Hey, a lot of darkness, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering in the world. Choose empathy. Put some kindness out there. Do all those kind of things to make someone's day a little bit better. We'll see you next time here on Other Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.